And so the assistant to the commandant is called the de- I shot the deputy. <laughs> I'm totally putting I did that. Not- no, when you say I- when you say commandant, the next word wants to be deputy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally putting that into the book for real. I'm just saying. Uh, and so the assistant to the com- commandant. <laughs> One more time. This is Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Hi, and welcome to the show. I'm Sensei Michelle. I'm Sensei Jackie. And I'm Sensei Derek. Sensei Derek's been here so many times. He just introduces himself now, and we hardly even say, thank you so much for being here. Uh, so I'm glad I could be here. <laughs> I'm glad you could, too. Today, our show is on the National War College. Now, I got to give you a teeny, teeny bit of backstory here. A few weeks ago, we were recording an episode on Sun Tzu's book, The Art of War. And Sensei Jackie nonchalantly mentioned the National War College, to which myself and Sensei Tracy said, and you'll hear us say it on the episode, there's a National War College? (laughs) (laughs) And that caused me to look. And it turned out this is a very interesting subject. Don't you guys agree? Uh, Oh, very much so. So. With that, we are going to get started, I think, with the idea that if you Google National War College under just their initials, it turns out you get a whole nother group of things. And I believe, Sensei (laughs) Derek, you did that for me just so we could have some fun to start. Us. And some of the ones that I found were the number one search was National Water Commission, (laughs) Uh, then Northwest Conference. That whole sports thing, right? Uh, it's a bunch of different sports. Uh, Nevada Wellness Centers. <laughs> and before I got a little bit too farther down, uh, NASCAR Winston Cup. That's the one I love. That's the one I uh, love. It's pretty hysterical, yeah. Race cars is our theme. For now, sure. having nothing to do with today's episode, <laughs> did you ever go see race cars in real life? No, Sensei. No. I have never been to a, a car race. I have been to two, and they are mostly loud and smelly and don't be <laughs> mad at me if you're a race car fan because if you're a fan of something you don't you grow to not notice those things uh, we only see the good things and it is an exciting exciting place full of energy and really cool people and it's cool two different kinds of races i've been to nascar and i've been to the one they held in miami that's formula cars i believe uh, yes yes all right we're really off track because i was just about to say i also my mom used to be a fan of um the boat races where they the hydroplane mm-hmm. boat races and oh. they're loud also but really i'm totally off war college here <laughs> so let's get started shall we good idea sensei it's located in washington dc and it's part of the state department that's right sensei but the site also adds that their mission is to educate future leaders of the armed forces the department of state and other civilian agencies for high level policy and they offer senior-level courses in the study of national security strategy. Us, us. This is also interesting. Uh, they put emphasis on trying to get agencies to work together. And to that end, they have students from the Marines, Coast Guard, Air Force, Army, and many federal departments and agencies. They even have visitors from other countries. Every time we turn around, we're going to say again and again, that is really like a fascinating concept because it's just stuff we never thought of before, right? Us, nor is it common knowledge. No, I'm telling you, Sensei Tracy and I are not the only two people (laughs) in the world who had not heard of this ever before. We want to thank 
Sensei Jackie's father for being such a, an avid military man. And that's how she knows so much about this kind oh, of stuff that's... for us. It's really helpful, right? Yes. So thank you, sir. He was a retired lieutenant colonel. Rest in peace, young man. Okay. I've got one that I'm not sure how I feel about it. The name of the head of the college is called a commandant. And he's a one-star military man. And I understand the word commandant has a weird feeling in my lips. (laughs) I think it does to the general public because we connotate commandant Say that again. Three times quick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to refer to the commander mostly of a military prison or prison camp, because that's how it's been parlayed in the media. But it, it really means the officer in charge of any military training establishment. So there you go. That's um, media tweaking our brains one more time. <laughs> okay. Where are we? Oh, Yeah. Thank you, Sensei Jackie. My pleasure. The position is picked by nomination, and it rotates between the Army, the Navy, and the Air Force. Uh, It's very surprising that they have a nominated position like that. The assistant to the commandant is called a deputy and has a secondary position as an international affairs advisor. That position is filled by someone from the Department of State. It is also a nominated position as well. And the first deputy commandant was a man who was a diplomat and a scholar named George F. Keenan. And he is famous in the armed services because he was part of a committee on foreign policy and they were known as the wise men. I can go a lot of places with the wise men. <laughs> right? Were, yes. Were there three of them or ten of them? <laughs> like how many? Or, or was it wise crackers? Uh, uh, or okay. potato chips, yes. Oh, you went even further. <laughs> we got to get back on track, don't we, Cynthia Derek? Uh, it's an all-star. Uh, students receive a book called The National Security Strategy Primer, and it provides the students with a standardized synopsis of the materials taught at the college. It is used throughout the entire time the students attend the college. I think this is the most interesting fact about the primer. According to their site, I didn't actually click it, there's a place where you can download the entire primer. Mm. Which is interesting because we could really see what's going on. Any human being can figure it out. I'm not really sure, but I I think it'd be a fun project if you had an entire afternoon off. (laughs) Right? So I want to get back on track with when the school actually started. I can do that for you, Sensei. It was founded in October of 1945. A man named Admiral Harry W. Hill had the job of being the first commandant and creating an environment for joint education of the armed forces. Uh, And to add to that, in 1901, Elihu Root created the Army War College. This was the precursor to the National War College. I agree with all that. And I want to add that the reason the Army College was started back in 1901 was because there were problems with coordinating the different arms of the service during the Spanish-American War. Mm. So what you're saying is way before 1945, there were communication problems between the different people in the armed services. 1898, if it was the Spanish-American War. Did anyone find anything interesting out about Elihu? And I'm just saying his name the way I think it should be said. It's E-L-I-H-U. Cool name, right? Uh, Other than the fact that he had a cool first name. Well, he was Secretary of State. 
and he got the 1912 Nobel Peace Prize. Mm. Ooh, ooh. All right, back to Harry W. Hill and the 1940s. Any cool trivia about him? Us. Uh, he lived from the 1890s to the 1970s and spent all his adulthood in the armed services. He reached the rank of vice admiral. That's a three-star admiral. Again, <laughs> hats off to your father. I love that you can take care of these things for us, <laughs> Sensei Jackie. Thank you. Us. Now, it's interesting to me that the development of the War College it kind of coincided with the end of World War II, right? That's the thing. It does kind of make sense in a way because their mission statement says that the curriculum emphasizes the joint and interagency perspective. So again, that's a fancy way of saying they need to communicate with each other and work together to be successful. That's right. And you know what I found fascinating? I'm interested. The amount of accomplishments a person has to have before they even apply to this school. Like what? Well, for example, officers applying to this college must have a bachelor's degree and have demonstrated the skill and proficiency to be a senior strategic leader. Yes. Wow. Ah. (laughs) And civilians must have rank within their organization that equals a military officer and have a graduate degree. But exceptions can be made if it benefits the Department of Defense. Hmm. And finally... There are international students. They may attend a 10-month residential program. The college decides from a list of submissions and picks candidates to, and I quote, broaden the representation in classes. They pick from candidates that have achieved the following. 15 years of military or government service, and the candidate must have achieved at least an 80% on an ESOL or English as Second Language course. I just, I'm finding all this pretty fascinating and I thought it would be, but I'm going to take this one home with one more fact that would make Landon happy. (laughs) Really? Why is that? Because he loves his controversies. (laughs) It's a mini controversy in that I found conflicting information on how long the program was. The first thing I read was that it was a two year program, like a master's. And we read that a few places, Mm -hmm. but then it also said that it offered only a 10 month resident program. So I'm not sure if both are true or either is true. I do think the colleges have a little bit of um, allure about them where they're not giving out all the information online. Uh, And maybe they have both. Maybe Maybe they do. They might. But if you're listening and you've been to one of the national war colleges or you would just like to give us information that you know, we're all over the web. We're at Wildcat Dojo everywhere you want to look, except TikTok. We don't know if we're ever going to get there, by the way. Mm, it, might, it might not be here in the future. <laughs> That's what they always keep saying every time we say this. Ad.com, and you're at our website where you can listen to all our episodes. Or on Instagram, we're at Wildcat Dojo Conversations. And finally, you can email us at dojoconversations at AOL.com. But I was thinking when she was just saying about if you know anything about the war colleges, what if you were in that area, if they would let you look at the campuses? There, there has to be some type of tours or something like that. Yeah, wouldn't like that be cool? Schools do. Yes, it would. I'm, I'm going to have to look that up next time mm. I'm up there in that area. And I really appreciate you jumping into that contact information, Sensor Jackie. Let's finish up with another surprise, shall we? Great. Nice. The National War College is actually one-fifth 
of something called the National Defense University, which was started in 1976. Let's round robin the other four colleges, shall we? Oh, so if it's okay, I'll just go first, Sensei. Uh, I'll start with the Dwight D. Eisenhower School for National Security and Resource Strategy. Already a mouthful. (laughs) (laughs) It was started in 1924 under the name Army Industrial College. They joined the university on its inception year of 1976. And finally, they took on the name Dwight D. Eisenhower School for National Security and Resource Strategy pretty recently in the year 2012. And I'll move us on with Joint Forces Staff College. They train in Norfolk, Virginia. But anyone who has ever been into the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, you know that it's a lot like South Florida. It's all mixed and matched together. Like we're called the Tri-County. That just whole thing is is really Mm. kind of like one big area. Don't you agree? Oh, I do, Sensei. And the college started in uh, 1946 as the Armed Forces Staff College and incorporated into the National Defense University in 1981 and took on its present name. Us, us. And I'll just skip ahead actually to the College of Information and Cyberspace about 20 years later on. And it started in 1964 under the name the Department of Defense Computer Institute. It was added to the National Defense University in 1982. It advanced its cyber footprint over the years until in 2017, it got the name that it now uses. I think it's interesting that in the 1980s, they had already realized that they needed to understand computer information and cybersecurity. Mm. And I think I bring us home, don't I? Yes. With the final college in this cluster, it is the College of International Security Affairs. Sounds like a spy school. (laughs) Maybe we should look at this college a little closer. Maybe we will. But let me give you a couple of facts before we close out today, okay? Yes. Here we go. It began in 2002. This school seems kind of underground. It was really hard to read anything about it. It took us four sites just to get some basics. And one thing that caught my eye is that they have two locations. One is in Washington, D.C., and the other is in Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Well, you know, we used a lot of sites for this, including the official site for each one of the colleges we talked about, the National Defense University, and of course, Wikipedia. It's so funny to have Wikipedia looped in with those fancy sites, isn't it? (laughs) They're everywhere. (laughs) So I hope you guys found this as eye-opening as we did. Oh, Uh, I I hope, well, we certainly did, but... Oh my God, it was so much to, to understand, wasn't it? Us and just the fact that it's not common knowledge that we have a national defense university, I know. we have a national war college. But it, if you think about it, it makes sense. Oh, yeah, it does because somehow they have to coordinate this information somewhere. And when we, when we opened up this wormhole, we found all kinds of naval and um, specialty schools, just all kinds. This uh, is just the one that caught my eye from that last episode. Us, all right. Before I close this out today, I want to say that we got some really good feedback on our Master Joe Hess episode. Oh, that's so cool. I was so pleased. I got so many people calling me and and writing me and saying, really good job. And it made me smile ear to ear because (laughs) I really tried hard, which I do on every episode, but I really tried hard to do something that would make Master Hess proud. Yes. I think you did, Sensei. I think you could actually, t- you could tell. You could definitely tell from the, the episode. 
So thank you all who wrote in on that. Now, I got one nice listener mail about our gun laws in the UK episode. Ah. A few people wrote me and said, wow, that was so interesting. But one person wrote me because he's our friend in Tasmania. And he said, by the way, the gun laws in Australia are much different from both the USA and the UK. Mm. And, you know, these are just things I'd never thought of before. Have you? Never. No. no. (laughs) He goes on to say he heard Sifu Jones tell us that no one is allowed to have a pistol in the UK And he says that that has been the case for as long as he can remember in the UK. And that includes security operatives, which I think is a great way of saying bodyguards. Yes. Anyway, the only people who are allowed to carry pistols were the police and the military. Now, in Australia, they have different classes for all the different firearms. He didn't go into a lot of that, but he did say that his own personal favorite pistol when he used to carry one was a Glock. That's the one he liked. And he gave us some really, really fun information about it. For example, how he drowned it in in a river and and to see if it would shoot afterwards. And it did. (laughs) So I want to thank you, Sheehan McKinnon, for that wonderful information. And by the way, he'll be on the show soon to talk to us about bodyguarding. So we're excited about that. Yeah. Yes. We're very excited about that. I know I'm not supposed to say thank you for being on the show because you're such a regular, but I do thank you. Thank you, Cynthia, for having me. Today was especially hard work because I wasn't as prepared as usual, and I know you really had to work at it, so thank you. Thank you. It was such a pleasure doing the work and learning about it, and um, we wish you all a very good week. So before we say our goodbyes, let's talk about Honor Athletics, athletics, of of course. They are our sponsor. We appreciate them so much. You can scroll down in the notes and click her link, or you can reach her at honor-athletics.com. Or you can call her at 770-945-5150. And don't forget, mention Wildcat Dojo as you check out for your 10% discount. Thank you, Cynthia. And thanks to all of you for any support you give us. We always appreciate it. Other ways they can support us are to subscribe and review. Mm, that actually nice. matters to get those thumbs reviews. up. Yeah. So thank you if you reach out and do that. We haven't said it for a long time either. So please. And on that note, I think we're going to start our goodbyes. Right. Have a good one, everyone. Bye, everybody. See you next week. And I will sign us off. Thanks for being here. Hope you join us again next week on Wildcat Dojo Conversations.